Welcome to the Pulse Podcast, personal conversations about life, leadership, and legacy with inspiring founders, entrepreneurs, and leaders of industry. I am R. Adam Smith, founder of Wisdom Board. I am pleased to host this podcast episode. Wisdom Board is a fast-growing digital leadership platform powered by curated content, blue chip services, valuable human capital resources, and an expansive expert network. Wisdom Board is dedicated to empowering excellence for private companies at the board level. I'm here uh, with Tim A. Styles, a partner at KPMG and a friend and sponsor and supporter of Wisdom Board uh, in New York. Tim, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you for taking this time to talk. I appreciate it. That's great to have you. Um, I'm going to uh, tell our audience uh, a bit and uh, give accolades about you briefly, and then uh, we <laughs> have our 20-minute conversation to follow. Tim is the global chair of the firm's International Development Assistance Services Practice and also is responsible for delivery of those services um, to hundreds of organizations around the development sector, uh, originally uh, started uh, at the firm in um, 1990. Is that right, Tim? Yes, 19, a long time ago. Long time, just the other day. And then you uh, went on to form the Global Grants Practice. Uh, and today you've had about 30 years of services uh, to many tax exempt organizations, uh, including higher education, hospitals, museums, foundations, uh, of course, NGOs and other multinational operations. And you also are the chair of the several other uh, areas, at least um, recently or currently, including the Global Public Sector Tax Steering Committee. You uh, work with UN representing the firm, and then you're also working in the public sector tax area, which has had about 4,000 grants over the years. So how do you how do you keep it all straight? How did you uh, join the firm? And what's your journey been like since you since you came on? Yeah, thank thank you, Adam. It's always embarrassing to hear your you know your CV read back to you. But um, I, as you said, I joined the firm in in um, 1990, actually 30 years ago in November. And so the journey has been really a lot of fun. And and I came in as a manager um, in Seattle at the time. And what has been interesting to me was the opportunity to start and or launch new programs within KPMG. In 1995, we launched a program aimed at exempt organizations. So I did that. And as you've indicated there, a number of things have happened along the way where I had ideas and I took those ideas to KPMG. And KPMG has been very good about listening to its people to bring ideas for doing business differently. And so the Global Grants Program that you referenced global aid and development program were ideas that I took to leadership. And they said, if you think this will work, let's give it a shot. And fortunately, they've worked. And so that's that's where I am today. It's interesting just on my current role, which is responsible for the operations of KPMG Spark. KPMG Spark, as you know, Adam, but for the listeners, is a um, software-enabled, cloud-based, outsourced, managed accounting service. And the firm um, about 15 months ago asked me to go over and help support that part of KPMG. The reason for that was, as I was working with Spark, um, which automates you know, financial um, transactions, bookkeeping and reporting, and I was working with them to help improve that platform for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. 
because nonprofits are frankly there it's there aren't a lot of services and organizations out there that provide really good strong tools for them that are affordable okay and so that's what it's doing so you started really with the nonprofit world that you cover knowing that they have a lot of organizational administrative needs but now uh, the firm integrated and expanding Spark to be available to any form of SME or small business. And how many uh, clients are you serving and where, does, where is the organization going to scale over time? Yeah, it, it's interesting. So the organization um, is scaling right now. We are seeing client acquisition at about it's close to 5% per month, which is really, really great. And as you said, it's a huge mixture of different types of clients. It's mom and pop startups, if you will, people working out of their own house or garage. Um, it's nonprofits, it's family offices. It is, you know, every type of sector, agriculture, we have farms and, and so on, all the way up to um, very large organizations. Um, Spark's largest client actually is out of Chicago and they do more than 80 million a year in revenue. I, um, I think it's quite unique. I'm, I'm using it and I, I've had some friends are as well. And I think the branding and the website are uh, really um, very user-friendly um, and a very good value. I see that there's also um, unique human capital, real-time people uh, available for for clients and I found it very, very user-friendly. Um, what makes it unique, of course, when you compare it to, to QuickBooks or other off-the-shelf off services? What does Spark want to be known for in the market as it builds its brand? Yeah, that, it's a great question. And it probably boils down to probably th three primary things. Number one, most of the off-the-shelf things are do-it-yourself. So when you download the software or whatever, you still have to do all of the work. Um, Spark is not a software that is downloaded or we don't license it. What you get when you sign up as a client is you get a dedicated onshore, meaning US-based account service team. So you get a customer lead, which is like a bookkeeper. You get an account lead who oversees them and you get a CPA assigned and they're there for you. And as part of the monthly subscription, those they're available to you. You can ask them questions, they'll answer and you don't get any upcharges or anything like that. So that's one is that, that, that available real life team. The second thing that we want to be known for, of course, is KPMG. Most people right. think, most businesses think KPMG is out of their reach because they're too big or too expensive. This is a very purposeful investment that we made to be able to reach out to the small to medium sized business enterprise and provide them tools and solutions that work for that business and their pocketbook. And then the third thing is really tied back to wisdom. Board, and that is that we find that a lot of businesses spend a lot of time doing transactional things. And, and handling the day-to-day -day, rather than taking a step back and saying, what about the governance, the oversight, the financial analysis of my business? And so what we wanna be known for is taking those day-to-day -day responsibilities off the plate of the business owner or the business leaders mm -hmm. and allowing them, just like Wisdom Board puts forth, to focus on the entire organization. How does it run better? What are the financials telling me about what I need to do? And so those three things I think are critical and that's really where the tie into wisdom board came. That's great. And well, we're lucky to have you uh, one of uh, 219,000 uh, employees in the firm. Um, I think we're, we're lucky that, that you're, you're involved. Um, I actually started uh, working with KPMG uh, way back as you know, in, in 1997 yeah. uh, at Castle Harlan, we uh, worked with uh, a former head of your, um, your investment management practice and uh, David Seymour that went onto the board and is a real gentleman and he took really good care of us. 
as well as your transaction services uh, groups. And also you have a solid investment banking and capital markets practice over the, over the years. Um, how do clients at Spark work with you and your team and, and integrate within the broader firm? Are there other areas of KPMG that can get involved with these small businesses? Yeah, another great question. And, and that was part of the strategy of buying this, this company. We actually bought Spark. It was called Bookly. We bought it about two and a half years ago. And one of the primary reasons was we wanted, we know that data and technology are disrupting traditional industries and sectors. So if you think about the newspaper sector, right? They could have looked in the rearview mirror and seen the internet coming. Some did, some didn't. Um, but as an accounting firm that's delivered services in a fairly consistent way for about a hundred years, we're looking in the review mirror. And so we looked around to identify companies that were disrupting the accounting industry. And so that's how we identified Spark, which was called Bookly back then, we rebranded it. But to your point, um, it's an opportunity, as I said, to provide information and support to small to medium-sized business enterprises. Our, our key market is kind of one to 20 million in revenue and kind of five to 50 employees. But the really great thing about KPMG um, and Spark, first of all, we're part of KPMG. We're not a separate legal entity. But when issues come up, as you've just asked, we can reach over the fence, as I like to say, to KPMG proper and get support. So this yeah. happens a lot. We got, you know, businesses, they want to get an R, a research and experimentation credit support or state and local tax analysis support or financial advisory or SOC 2 readiness. We can reach over the fence, get that expertise, and, and then it can be provided to these organizations. So it's an easy path of access to KPMG without having to negotiate that path, if you know what I mean, because you're already part of That's KPMG. That's and, and how about uh, the small cap companies, the private companies that we, we focus on, the 6 million private companies in total, but I think that um, we probably are paying attention to the um, several hundred thousand private family-owned, family-owned businesses that are within that 10 to $100 million, $10 million range. What happens when a client um, is a bit larger or has greater sophistication or needs that go beyond the Spark SaaS uh, template and maybe is a couple hundred million of sales and has a couple thousand employees? Um, where, you know, how do you navigate them and introduce them into the organization, which, which is so large? Yeah, so there, there are two pieces to that. The first one is that um, if a company comes in and starts with Spark, we consider it a success if they graduate out of KPMG Spark. That means we've been, and we've had a number of these. They started small, they grew, and they got too big and too sophisticated for the Spark platform. Usually we're providing some sort of support to them through KPMG proper, but we can hand them off to other parts of KPMG. So that's one piece of it. The other piece, particularly to your comment about family offices, we do a lot of family office work at Spark. What Spark is for them is more of an enabler. So oftentimes within a family office structure, the investment side is very sophisticated. They have their own people okay. or they work with money managers, but it's the personal side. It's the residences, the boats, the day-to-day -day kind of expenditures. Spark is a great tool for helping sort through all of that. And so you actually have two teams. You've got the primary investment team that's doing their thing. And then we come in and support on the true family kind of personal side to, to you know, square, square the corners and all of that and make sure that the investment side and the family side are talking well to each other, transactional. That's great. We're seeing having covered family offices, small to mid-sized 
family offices for years as limited partners, general partners, collaborators, yeah. uh, and increasingly in the governance side where they have more and more private holdings that are below the radar screen of the larger vendors or, or needs. And they're, they're acquiring um, operating companies in this, in this area we're talking about. Uh, Camden and UBS had mentioned that the average um, rate of, of operating company acquisitions by family offices is somewhere in the two to three year and, and average they hold eight or 10 companies. Um, and that's, that's only for a half a billion dollar family office. Um, so uh, tell us about that practice in terms of the super entrepreneurs and the family office practice at, at KPMG, um, let's say a client graduates from Spark, you know, what type of services could the single family office received from KPMG to the operating companies. Yeah, a great thing. And I, I will say right now, I, I don't run the family office practice at KPMG. We have other folks that do that. So I won't call myself the, the key specialist here, but they offer a huge range of services, right? Mm -hmm. It's everything from compliance um, through to advisory and analysis. So for example, they if, if the family office is using money managers, we don't advise on which money managers to use, but we can assess how they're performing. Are they performing well or not? Transactionally, as you just alluded to, there are a lot of transactions that happen in these family offices. They can get quite complicated. So coming with different ways to structure okay. those, those transactions and things like that is another area where it's quite good. And of course, really tricky tax questions, as we know, happen in family office. And, I, and yeah. that you've, got, you've got that one covered, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, let's say um, back to the cultural side of KPMG. Um, it's it's always been a firm, I think, that cares about its culture and its people, and it, it states uh, directly on your website that it's really seeking to contribute positively to your client success, but also also society at large, and and being involved in uh, in, in making the lives better of of your clients. Um, what is, uh, you're also involved in, um, in, in one or more um, governance diversity uh, committees as well. Um, what should our, our audience know of KPMG and its approach to the client relationship and what type of culture uh, is, is within the firm and, and its priorities uh, in that area? Yeah, I, again, a great question. I mean, the, the culture of the firm too, of course, is around values you know, excellence, integrity, courage, um, working together. Those things are really important, transparency. So that's what we try and live. We actually have a chief culture officer, believe it or not, that looks at all of these things because we wanna make sure that our employees are modeling these behaviors and living them and believing them. And we want our clients to see that too, because we think our clients care about that and they do based on what we see. And as you've said, we have all sorts of other tools or avenues to try and demonstrate to clients and the community and the capital markets that we are living those values. So for example, as you know, from your wisdom board experience, we have some board leadership council, which is available to people so that they can enhance and participate in board building and board information um, exercises and, and, and knowledge sharing. Um, and of course, diversity inclusion is huge at a company like KPMG. We, try very, very hard to make sure that our teams mo model and reflect this, the, the cities and the places where we work um, and operate. And it's a very important part of what we do. 
That's impressive. I was reading um, uh, recently that your current CEO, which has been on the board of the company for 11 years, who just unanimously voted again um, to remain as CEO and chairman, um, Bill Thomas. What are, in this complicated era of uh, COVID and civil and ethical and governance and diversity and gender and climate and ESG, you know, tell us what your thoughts are on the firm's priorities and how they relate to some of your nonprofit and your, your, um, your Spark clients. Yeah, it, it's hard. And you're right, Bill Thomas is our global chair in, in the U.S. We have a, a chair also, and that's uh, Paul Knopp. And the firm um, is very, very aligned across geographies. As you said, though, with 200,000 200, plus employees worldwide, keeping all of those things aligned and all of those initiatives aligned is difficult at times. But I know Bill personally. Um, I've been an, an attendee at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, a number of times and worked with him. Maybe anecdotally, the thing is, is that he cares. And so going back to, to the COVID-19 thing, the primary messages that come out with him, and I don't think he's wildly different from a lot of, if you will, um, chairs of, of companies, but the messages have been first around our people. And that says a lot about a company when their primary care is about, about their, their personnel. That's important. And then trying to help clients actually and customers and the public navigate this area. We have a huge commitment into, you know, around climate change. KPMG US announced, I think last week, and maybe it was even KPMG Global, I don't remember, but we will be carbon neutral by 2030. Okay. I'd like to see it sooner personally, but it's taking those steps and moving in the right direction. And we have, you know, significant programs where we look at our teams of employees to make sure that they're diverse and that those people that are in diverse groups and perhaps underrepresented diverse groups or marginalized diverse groups are getting the opportunities to advance in the firm. That's great. That's great. He seems like a very inspiring leader um, and has a big um, weight to carry in this consolidating industry of accounting uh, now down to the big four. Just briefly, what do you think is the most interesting part of the accounting industry and it's evolving? And um, <laughs> what, what is your favorite part of working at the uh, at KPMG. Actually, I think as we're talking, the firm has grown from 219,000 to 220,000. So that's, that's where you are. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. It was a lot smaller when I joined years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think what's a very interesting thing is where is technology going? How is that impacting us and how are we going to respond to that? And how do you manage huge volumes of data for the benefit of clients and, and for the public? And there's a balance between what you can put out there publicly, right? Because we obviously have safe responsibility for safeguarding people's financial information, et cetera, but there are lessons we can learn. So how can we use data and innovation to continue to disrupt what we do and provide better services to clients? Personally, um, I'm enjoying leading Spark. It's a technology, it's a fin basically it's a FinTech startup and that's how we operate it. It's ring-fenced within KPMG and we are using it to learn lessons about how we can better deliver our services and better serve our clients. That's great. Well, the legacy continues from the uh, original kernel of uh, a small company, um, I think somewhere in uh, in Europe, perhaps in, in Bristol in 1818. And I always find it interesting that the KPMG acronym is, is so well known, but it actually is 
um, otherwise known as uh, Kleinveld Pete Marwick Gordeller, which yeah. is um, quite quite a mouthful. Um, <laughs> perhaps you should start using that in your more intimate conversations. Yeah, that I always lose them. A lot of times we ask people that work here, what does the KPMG stand for? They don't even know. <laughs> because we don't focus and emphasize that anymore. So. Well, that's where, the, that's where the brand equity comes in. It's working. It's really a pleasure to have you as a guest on our Pulse podcast series, uh, the first installment of such as we uh, expand our content and offerings to the leadership community of small and mid-sized privately held companies. Uh, we're dedicated to supporting the leadership and board of, of private companies, given that they're uh, often lacking uh, those, those services to them from larger vendors. And KPMG has many, many offerings uh, to this audience, and we look forward to, to working with you more ahead in the future. Thank you, Adam, and thank you for inviting me to do this. And I, for those people that are listening, I really do, um, I, I really do want to encourage you to go to the Wisdom Board website, to go to LinkedIn, and, and to look at what Wisdom Board is doing. We were one of the first patrons, I believe, to Wisdom Board for sponsorship. And it's a great initiative, and that's why we're involved. And we, you know, we'll continue to support you, but also wish you great success and just want to encourage people listening to participate and get involved. Thank you. I can say the same thing about you as well. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Pulse is a digital collection of personal conversations with respected private company experts. Pulse listeners enjoy enlightening lessons, wisdom, and journeys of interesting people. Pulse is a production of Wisdom Board, a trusted leadership brand dedicated to empowering private companies to achieve excellence in the boardroom. Wisdom Board lives on LinkedIn and online at wisdomboard.co. Please subscribe to our podcast, available on all major channels, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. I am R. Adam Smith, founder of Wisdom Board. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom Board Pulse podcast.